what is happening people uh just checking that we've got all our audio live looking good on my end all right here we are back again with another episode live of the end product podcast and um, with myself stish and of course as usual my sparring partner quinny is back <laughs> in the mix how are you doing quinny good week um it's been a, yeah, well, I don't know if it's been a good week. Um, it's definitely been like a, a long week. I think we were saying last week when we were on my like body clock or whatever was totally shifted with the whole London trip because that Sunday felt like a Saturday, didn't it? You know, <laughs> so like the, jet the rest lag. of the week, I, yeah, a jet lag exactly. It's totally off. So um, this week it's been kind of it's been weird because like all the the, the card swap stuff and all the drama llama that's been going on. Like it just feels like days have disappeared on us, you yeah. know, just down and like nothing's happening, you know, you know, just for me, you know, in here like making content and all that kind of stuff. Like I just can't believe we're already halfway through Wednesday, you know, um, so quickly. You know, we're halfway through. We had Champions League last night. It's Champions League tonight. Arsenal City tonight as well for yeah. when we're recording, you know, and um, yeah. So like, it's it's been a big week. I think I could say I don't know if it's been a good one, but it's definitely been a big one in some ways, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go with that as well. I think it's flown by the last few days. I, I was just talking to you off air. I was trying to figure out when we recorded last week, like how many sort of rewards openings there's been because on top of all the kind of like noise that's been happening on Twitter and around sort of social media about what's happening on Sora at the minute, which we'll get into, no doubt. I think one of the things I was trying to work out was how many like reward openings have we had since because I think like you, you obviously like super busy on the content end, and I dip my toes in with a little bit of like shorts and a bit of um, TikTok and occasionally a bit of YouTube. Done a little, a few bits and bobs, and um, I just couldn't. Re- I'm thinking to myself, I feel like I've done loads of little like reward openings videos since we last spoke. I had I had a good week on basketball. I had a decent win there. Got a Jimmy Butler limited, which is really useful for my. A collection haven't really put any funds into basketball for a while so to get a few wins every now and then feels feels good on on the basketball um and yeah had had kind of like opposites opposite end of the spectrum in terms of the end product on football i had a pretty dismal uh week maybe last week and then this week my rewards i was really happy with even though I thought my rewards last week were going to be really good because I had like some tier twos, some quite high tier twos. Um, and this week I had a couple of tier threes, a tier three super, a tier three uh, rare and a tier two rare. And I managed to hit some cards. One of them was in my watch list. Another one was a rare card of which I tried to pick up a super rare of that player recently. So I was super happy with my wins this week. Um did you get any end product, Quinny? That was my next question. Uh, I got I got double cap two forty this weekend, so I got nice. my hundred and fifty dollars, which I was quite happy about opening. It's the first time I've done that, and like the second time of asking, so that was fun. And uh, the rare one, uh, I got the last, uh, I got the last tier two, no, the last tier three. I got, I, I was like one hundred and thirty eight for something. I was like right at the end of a of a tier. It may have been the whole prize pool actually. Um, <laughs> And yeah, kind of. I got a. It was a tier. I'm sure it was a tier three. I got a Kenny McLean who plays for Norwich, Scotland International as well. And like for the rare, he's like fifty quid or something. I'm not like jumping for joy on value or anything, but like for profile for a bottom of the pool kind of tier yeah. three, like yourself. Like I was quite chuffed. I was like, cool. I'll take that. Absolutely take that. Yeah. So I think one. I think one of my tier threes was um, 
let me let me get the player's actual name up. He plays in. He's like one of those second division Europe players, but he was one of the better ones. Who when they first opened the region, I was looking at pieces that I might sort of be able to pick up that next to what I already had that was going to be moved into that region. I could make up a decent team. So it's a uh, Keliki Enoakali uh, who plays in La Liga Two. Um, he plays for Ponferradina. But I remember mm-hmm. looking at him because his AA game was pretty strong. And having a little look at his recent averages, um, it's still pretty strong. And his card's only worth like 60 quid. But as we will get into, card prices being down, you know, that I think that offer is quite is quite a good price for a card that scores the way he does. Whether or not people feel that those sort of like consistent scorers are going to have the value that they used to have, because now you you're almost wanting if you're looking to scrape the E for it, let's say in 240 you almost want those players who have like the average week but have a decisive in them or score 10 points more with a clean sheet or something at home and maybe he's not one of those players which would suggest why his price has dropped a little bit but I was quite happy with that as a tier three win um I got a Jonathan Panzo a defender at at Coventry he puts up some great scores U23 he's got a few years of utility and I got a super rare Million Manhof who plays um, for Vitesse. And this was an interesting one because his, his L5 is massive. He's got an L5 of uh, 55. He's put up a 90, a 63 and a 74 in his last three games. Um, but his scores are very, you know, he, he can bang a 20 and then bang a 70. So if you want to take that risk on a player like that, he might be the one for those cap modes. But, you know, whether or not I keep him, I'm not sure. I've got him listed at the moment for like three times his recent rare sales. I'm getting a lot of offers for him, but way below half what I'm asking for. So I think they're going off of his last sale, which was back in November um, yeah. when he was barely in the side. So now he's in the side. He's, for me, his value is should be higher. And I'm not I'm not too worried about holding on to him as well. I think a U23 defender gives me some options. And for that cap mode, definitely, um, if and when I get some super rare goalkeepers, Sort of playing a little bit more, still waiting to hit that that threshold on the t- on the on the super division. So, did you say you hit that one, the super rare one? Yeah. Well, I've kind of found like I hit the rare the week before, um, but last week I hit the rare and the super rare. And over those three kind of ones hitting, and I think this will be the same for limiteds as well. Is what I've found is you need two guys to break sixty. If you yeah. get all five to start, two get sixty plus, you'll probably be kind of a okay, you know. And like we've seen, like the price pool isn't really that. <clears throat> beyond your reach you know if you have if you if you have a team that you think is going to hit that criteria then that third decisive or you know someone having a huge AA on top of the decisive that's that's all you really need to then be sniffing and you know from what I've seen so far to be sniffing in amongst uh, the cards but I was looking at um like Jonathan Panzo I thought was a great reward when you showed me that I was just looking because like I thought this guy was like a Man City kid and that's why I liked him but what it is is he was actually a under 17 World Cup winner with England. And I think that, that that squad had like, I've not pulled it up. I think that squad had a lot of good guys in it, like uh, Foden, Morgan Gibbs-White, mm. and a few other guys that I've kind of um, kind of followed since. So that Panzo's got good stock, you know. Um, he's had a few cards on story before. So definitely yeah. I think that quality of those rewards, if you are in those cap divisions, if you get to the bottom of the pool, like they did say in their kind of like press release or whatever, that they want that cap 270 to be the, the primo that's where you want to be fighting your, your best cards for with you know um and then that kind of trickles in i think to the lower tiers it feels like we've had a relatively good experience with 
more tier ones, you know. So yeah. I think like the kids, sorry to, to answer you, I think yeah, I hit the cap, but I think that's the kind of the finding I've had to this point is two guys to break sixty, all five start, and you're probably there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm 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 yet to hit that super rare cap mode um threshold, but it's it's definitely appealing, you know, because if you win, like I said, if you, I won a tier three um super rare what last week which i think i sold for about 180 dollars uh, which you know it's quite hard to win in this was coming out of the u23 division as well which all the u23 division score wise have gone massively up i don't know if you've noticed this if you play it it's a big weekend wasn't it oh it's absolutely absolutely brutal in there to try and win a card at the moment um i was talking to a friend of mine i think u23 rare pro on the weekend to get the bottom tier two card in the pool, you needed 446 points, wow, which that's... would have put you sixth, I think, on all-star rare pro. <laughs> so it's like, it's massive. It really making me look at my gallery for this weekend because I always look at the rare, the U23 divisions as like my go-to. But if I did move like some of those, the better cards out of U23 into say like all-star or even one of the cap modes maybe, then... Or in Challenger as well. I've got some good cards that can compete there, I think, on the right weekend. And I think after these last couple of weekends, scraping myself just about into the Tier 2, Tier 3s, if I'm lucky, with a massive score, that if I'd have just put it in All-Star, would be looking at probably a Tier 1, possibly even better. Um, so, yeah, big a lot of thinking to be done uh, this week. I know we... Harry I think a big part of that stuff, but is um, like see the guys that did go off in a big way, like Carlson, Timber. You know, mm. I think the whole AZ team went off. Yes, a lot of those guys are quite exclusively played in U twenty three. If you know what I mean, so like, I think you're quite right that if you have like, it's it's that kind of struggle of knowing is your guy going to be the guy that goes off? You yeah. know, because it's like every time Carlson hits a hundred, you know, that's like eighty managers that have got a one hundred captain forward maybe yep. less or more or whatever. And then Timber drops 100. So then out of that 80, 50 of them are on 200 off of two yep. players, you know. And then if they've got Carlson and Timber, what else have they got around it? It's not going to be duds, you know. So I think that's, I think, like, I think we've seen that before with U23s and we've seen it before with Champion Euro when Bayern rattles somebody 7-0 and there's a couple yeah. of hundreds in the Bayern defence and whatever. So I think it's it's more kind of knowing the fixtures and picking your fight for knowing like, well, Ajax and the Dutch league is all top V bottoms or, you know, whatever, and just swerving it. I think you're right. I think the AZ, right off the bat, because it was one of the early fixtures in the weekend. So seeing like the sort of top places already after like one or two games, there were people in the podium places that already had like 370 points. And you're like, they've still got two to play. Like, yeah. <laughs> They've just like they've just lumped in a couple of AZ uh, super rares and and like a Carlson captain, like you said. I think two or three of their players hit hundred scores, um, and and yeah, a lot of those are U twenty three. I played in U twenty three randomly as well. You know, like um, like Minyans, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, has moved and has carried picked up where he left off. Really, um, whereas a lot of people I think we're expecting maybe a little drop off in score, but he's gone straight in and he's just carrying on as he was. So. A lot of um a lot of yeah, I think people are in my in my boat, maybe I think my I had I had some good scorers in there, I had like, you know, the Veermans, people like that, who maybe don't have quite as many cards on the platform, not in super rare anyway, but there's definitely a lot of 
those AZ stack managers in U23. And yeah, they don't hit that often the way they did on the weekend. But when they do, you can pretty much count yourself out of the cards almost straight away. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that Porto didn't keep a clean sheet, there wasn't too many goalkeeper yeah. clean sheets in the U23. So if you did have that this week, you, you might have got in the cards. But without it, you didn't have a great chance, um, I found. I think that's something else as well, like keeping an eye on what goalkeepers have games this week and stuff like that. I said um, in the midweek, Murich last night, this was an interesting one. It's going to be one to watch. Uh, Murich uh, made an error that led to a goal in the first half for Burnley last night. And he went off at half time, got taken off at half time um, with a score of 10. Uh, be interesting to see if Murich is back in the starting lineup this weekend because I don't think I've seen many goalkeepers taken off at half time without an injury. Uh, so I'll be keeping a close eye on um, Burnley's sort of press conferences. I haven't seen if anything was said after the game. I haven't had a chance to look this morning, but that could have implications on U23 scores and entries as well for people who maybe only have a Murich. Um, someone in the chat, Moldy, saying that company said he was sick, um, which. Um, would ex would explain a few of the passes I see him make. When I, <laughs> <laughs> a little look. Um, I was keeping more of an eye on the PSG game. That was quite in, an interesting game, but um, I did flip. It was ferocious, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the second half, what did you make of that game? PSG Bayern, what do you think we can expect to see from the second leg? I think, well, I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. My takeaway from the game was it just felt like Gaultier is a wee bit out of his depth. You know, mm -hmm. like, PSG versus Bayern, you don't set up PSG to be like, right, we're going to have to negotiate past Bayern. PSG should be going into that tie saying, we're PSG, deal with us. Yeah. And it felt like that happened second half, much more than first half, you know. And I would probably put that down to the manager rather than maybe the players. I know he made some changes and uh, subs were at different times and whatever. But um, unlucky with the goal as well. Been drilled yeah. offside for Nuno Mendes. He was uh, on a canter last night. He was like a racehorse going up and down that line. He was great. And I think, yeah, Mbappe coming on made a big change, probably for Mendes as well, knowing that he's got runners up there with him who can keep up with him. Like you said, Mendes is super quick and him and him and Mbappe caused all kinds of problems. I think Bayern were crumbling that last sort of 10 minutes. They were making so many mistakes at the back, really poor Same. passes out from the back, putting themselves under pressure constantly. And if PSG come at them like they did in that last sort of 20 minutes, I think, you know, we, we could see an early PSG goal. Um, and if an early goal goes in, the, the tie's wide open again, isn't it? So that would be... I think the best thing for the neutral is that it was a low-scoring game because yeah. leg two, it's a cup final now. You know, like it's only one goal in it really, so it shouldn't dictate any tempo early in the match. If it was like two or three, maybe Bayern think, right, we'll just get the first half like killed and then there's only 45 minutes left. But with it being at 1-0 one, one on the tie, like it's probably the best thing for all of us watching the second leg. I agree. I'm going. To, I'm actually going to Paris to watch PSG versus Lille this weekend. That's this weekend, but I mean, so I'm probably not going to see the lineup that I was hoping to see. But fingers crossed, it will see a good game. Still. Well, Lille's a big tie. Probably won't yeah. rotate that much, man. Like from the big hitters, if they're if they're fit, because they need points, man. They need to get form. They do. They do need that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that weekend. A little bit of a uh, live football in the veins. Inject it. Um, so rare on tour, loving it. So rare on tour, that's it. Uh, I've got to play football on Saturday in Paris as well, which I'm really worried about because I haven't done any <laughs> training. I haven't played any football in ages 
And anyone who knows me knows I struggle after, you know, a long time of not doing any exercise. So as soon as we finish today, I'm going for a run. I need to get my, like, I need my lungs active, ready for a bit of a cardio. Get the dust out them. That's it. I literally need to just, like, it will be like a cloud as well. It'll be like <laughs> a toxic cloud over Croydon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that, hopefully, I'm still alive on Sunday to uh, to watch the game. But, um, but yeah, that. That was it was a good fixture, like you said. I think that the second second leg is going to be a mouthwatering tie. We got uh, more big fixtures this this evening as we record on a Wednesday. Uh, the big one, obviously, is not even the Champions League for me. It's Man City versus Arsenal tonight at the same time as a lot of Champions League fixtures take place. That is a massive tie. What do you expect to happen, Man City v Arsenal? I don't really have any expectations going into it. I've not actually seen too much of City this year. I've actually seen way more Arsenal, you know. Um, it'll be good to watch it. I've actually, you know, <clears throat> Thomas Sorrell on tour. I'm going to uh, Celtic Aberdeen at the weekend. Nice. With uh, with a few of the uh, a few of the legends in the community. And a few of the guys are going to be coming here tonight. Um, we won't be, I don't think we'll manage a stream or anything, but um, me, the guys from Sorrell, to say FPL General, and I don't know if anyone else is going to come, but across the three tellies, we're going to get both the Champions League games on and Man City Arsenal, so hopefully it should be a good one. I'm not really going to tip with any expectations. My whole focus has really been on like all this stuff in the market over the last couple of days. I've got one little team out, you know, uh, for the midweek, but it's I've got Tony up front. Tony's not with us today. He will be in pre-match prep as we speak, but um, I've not really paid much mind to City Arsenal. I've been listening to some of the build-up on the radio and whatever, but what about yourself? Are you expecting it to be a classic? Or do you think it's a 0-0 midweek king? Do you know what? As a United fan, I think seeing the way the results have gone the last few weeks, Arsenal have dropped points, City have looked vulnerable at times, but managed to like get the results they needed. That I just now, it's it, it's given me hope that we might see one of those classic Arsenal bottle jobs, and they might just lose <laughs> lose like their grip on the league if they drop points again tonight. But I don't really want City to win either, so I would take a draw now, like. A few weeks ago, I wouldn't have bothered. I'd have just been like, Do you know what? We ain't getting anywhere near it. But we've been given hope. We've had some good results the last few weeks and results have gone our way elsewhere. And I think if this is a draw and we continue to pick up wins, we might actually fight our way back into a title challenge with a few weird results going on elsewhere. You know, we still need City and Arsenal to drop points again. And um, I think Arsenal have got Chelsea soon as well so there's yeah you know there's opportunities there um you know we're gonna we're gonna find some tough fixtures to come up against as well but barcelona um is is something to look forward to united barcelona really excited for that um and i'm very optimistic about it as well i think when the draw came out a lot of united fans were being really down about it at the time i didn't really fancy barcelona but they've picked up some decent form of late and i think we're two teams that really want to win this tournament now and it should be I'm, I'm hoping for a classic um, and I fancy us I do fancy us over two legs I think uh, we're riding high at the minute Ten Hag seems to have figured out like his starting 11 we seem to have like a proper starting 11 now um, it's going to be good I'm excited for it there's a lot of good football in this week there's a lot to be excited about for sure I've been looking at the the, the weekend um, for about a week already, thanks to the lineup builder on Soria Data. It's a big one for sure, man. Oh, absolutely. 
I'm very looking forward to it. Because um, some good fixtures, obviously. You'll be PSG Leo should be a good one for you guys to go and watch. But I'm hoping Celtic Aberdeen will be getting there. It's a three o'clock kickoff, open bar at Celtic Park. Hopefully, get right on it. And if it's a <laughs> if it's a big result, it should be a cracker, man. I need to get up there for one of these open bar sessions. Instead of all this football, playing football in it, Paris, I think I'd not fare a lot better at the open bar. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, I would definitely take an open bar at Parkhead, um, especially when you've got the full Celtic attack, you know, lined up and ready to go. Maybe, maybe the next, uh, maybe the next Celtic Rangers. I gotta get up, have a look at the fixture list, and figure out when the next, uh, when the next big one is. Come up for it, or come and, or come and see. Uh, Tony played there what last week, didn't he? Did he play yeah. Celtic on the week? And, I uh, uh, did they come off the bench? I can't remember. But it's been a wee bit since he's been there. Actually, yeah, he came in off the bench. He got a good reception from the fans and that, but uh, yeah, maybe may, maybe we'll try and get get together for one of the game that he's playing up there again. Go and see yeah, him. Good. Give him a reception. Sure. <laughs> Jeering from the sidelines. Get back on then, product Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of subs. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, onwards and upwards. You did mention that you've been in and about the market, and I think the big big talking point at the minute, isn't it, is people talking about the price of cards going down. Some people are pulling out their um, collections off the platform for various different reasons. Some of them saying just because, you know, they it's time to sell. They, they've got other places for their money to go. And others saying they don't believe in the platform anymore. And then, you know, like, as always with the sort of Sora community, everyone's plowing in with an opinion. And here we are. We haven't really spoken about this, not together at least. I know you've been in and out uh, chats on it but what's your what's your current take on everything where do you sit how do you feel about all of this uh, kind of drama that's going on at the minute uh, well it's, it's, not, it's not fun to see obviously you know people you know i think the card swaps thing is really the the you know the the fuse here that's mm. that's like the, like the powder keg as it were because like we've seen auction velocities go up before. We've seen like everything that's been kind of going on that anyone that's been playing so rare long enough to kick up a fuss about it will be aware of. If you know what I mean, like if you're going on to so rare data and you're looking at all these charts and other, you, like you will probably you, you'll probably number one understand this stuff pretty well, and number two maybe even seen it before on the platform like so rare signing a new license and dumping the whole license on so people can get cards and new game mm. modes. How they try and make them, uh, you know achievable to, to onboard and like there's two sides to the coin right like obviously you never want to hear about anyone in any situation spend money on something and like it's worth less or whatever right and on so rare you hate to hear about people that have opened their account built a fun club and then they realize oh crap it's now 200 pound less i could either have built the same thing and had kept some money in my pocket or i could have got better or more for my money or whatever that's always disappointing but the reverse of that is that like, if you were opening your account today, like, you'd probably be rubbing your hands together and, like, oh, wow, I can get a guy like this for 20 quid. And mm. like, that Kenny McLean, rare, is 50 quid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when was the last... And, again, I know he's a D2 card. He's over 30, whatever, right? But, like, rares that can take some set pieces and break a 60 or a 70 once in a while haven't been around 50 quid for for, for a while, you know? So you even know. for getting limiteds, if you were opening this game and you were a wee bit more, oh, I'm going to get in amongst this, I can... I know more than that, that prick Quinny, and I know more about... <laughs> <laughs> you know, blah, 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 and you fancy your chances, and, like, you're not just restricted to, oh, I can only afford limiteds, because, like, I know we're, I know I'm going right off the deep end now a little bit, right? But, for example, 
Like I've seen the prices of some supers and uniques going that if you were opening your account today and you did have like money to play this game or whatever, you like no other time before would have the ability to go and fire a roster together quite quickly, you know. Now, that being said, one of the things I've seen from Bettman, which was one of the big accounts that uh, listed a bunch of stuff in the last week, was he was saying he hadn't seen or noticed any huge whales or anything come into the platform, into the unique kind of sphere for like six months or something. So like, even though that opportunity is there, in his opinion, it's not really been taken on. But like, so that, that my, I'm, I'm always a quite, a balance of view kind of thing, right? If everyone's complaining prices are going down, that's obviously bad for the stuff you hold. Me personally, like I've always said on this, like I only concern myself. Like the only thing I'm concerned with now is prices of Josco Guardiola because I'm planning to on him. <laughs> that's the only price I care about. Like out of all the cards I've got, I don't care what any of them are listed that or who somebody sold them for yesterday because I've been trying to list Guardiola. I've been trying to sell him since he broke into like being about an ETH within the last yeah. month or two, kind of World Cup time. And ever since then, he's just kind of came down. He's down at, down at point three. What would you believe? Yeah, for a I mean, rare point. That is that is a bargain. I, if you need to I can't a... sell him at that price. It makes no sense no. for me now, you know. But that's the only price I care about. I don't care about the price of, you know, my limiteds or, or this or that because that's the only one I'm actually trying to trade or sell or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So like the rest of the ones that I've, I've had there, like the, the Tony Watt Super Rare or like the Callum McGregor Unique Card, Whatever, like I bought a Key Sung Young Super Rare for 1.6 ETH, which was like three grand or something yeah. at the time, maybe even more. And that thing has done nothing but whoosh, drill into the earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got it. Those, yeah, I've definitely got a lot of them as well. I've There's totally buy. It feels you, you used to, don't you? You understand? Well, I bought that thing knowing I'm keeping this, and that's a really yeah. extreme example, but. Again, if you're picking up Unlimited for 50 quid, thinking, I'm going to play with this for two or three seasons, well, if someone else buys Unlimited today for 30 quid, like, it's only a kick in the stones because you could have saved a few quid or bought yeah. two of them. You know, that's the only problem here, you know. Absolutely. I think, so two things that, that I'll pick from what you just said as well was um, Joe Bettman's um, point of there not being any Wales coming in is an interesting one because that was something that I missed. But my thoughts on that are most of, I would I would assume that about ninety percent of the whales on our platform are crypto rich. They're not, you know, they're not coming in with fifty grand of like cash in their house, like that yeah. or equity that they've released from their mortgage or something like that to play this game. I think people that have come in with loads of money have come in having made shitloads of money on crypto or NFTs during the boom and decided to move into this as almost like a yield. A yielding exercise like earn more win more trade blah 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 so some of those people leaving the platform i can kind of understand is almost like this platform has held its own throughout the worst of the nft kind of like storm that has happened over the last year or two literally yep. every nft product out there is down 80 90 percent pretty much apart from so rare which until now hasn't really seen that much of a dip um because it's a little bit more pegged to the fiat prices uh, than NFTs are, but also the utility is proven. You can win, you can you can earn, you can trade. There's lots of different ways um, and things that affect the prices of a so rare NFT versus uh, a board ape or something like that, where it's just supply and demand, and the supply yeah. is finished. The problem with so rare is obviously the supply is continually increasing. It does rely on more new users to come in. And one of the key points, I think, 
So that's why personally, I don't think many big whales have come in is because I don't think whales are looking at anything NFT at the moment. They are waiting for a bear market. And I think that if the crypto space took an upturn, it would that's when you'd start to see a few whales enter or re-enter. Some of the people who sold up would be back in going, buying in now, prices are going to be crazy in six months. Um, and I don't feel like the sentiment for crypto for the next six months is there. Like there's there's some glimmer of glimmers of hope, but I don't think that you know major crypto holders are looking at putting big money back into crypto just yet. And I think it, once that is the case, we'll see whales enter the game who've maybe been watching from the sidelines or figuring out how to play it. But um, in terms of the supply, um, oversupply being an issue, I've heard a lot of people talking on that. And uh, so rare Josh in the chat says as well. So oversupply is an issue. Last week, they auctioned three Gavardio rares. Previous to that, it was three auctions in one month. So when you bear that in mind on a lot of the sort of top cards like a Gavardio, who is a tradable asset to a lot of people on the platform, if you don't have to wait long for an auction, 90% of the time the auction goes for less than the floor price, doesn't it? Like, totally. So if you do it three of those in a week, you're going to bring the floor price down nearly every with every sale, almost with every sale, unless like a, he puts up a 100 score or he lands in one of those free game weeks where he's the only U23 defender that you can use or something like that, right? But with the supply growing, definitely there's been some really good points made that, one thing that so rares has as a massive problem is those auctions are the only way they bring money in. And they've obviously spent all this money getting the prem and he'd start making some money back at the moment on the football side of things, selling auctions is the only way they make money. So see, that, see, so see that's what I detached from this. Cause I don't think it's money related at all. I think it is like, like we've seen before. I can't remember the exact example, but I think this is just like, we expect there to be lots of people coming and we want people to get, the cards they want for as cheap as possible when they're coming mm. on and they're enjoying the game and whatever, which, you know, is to the detriment of me, to the Guardiol and to anyone else who was trying to sell any cards that got three auctions in a week because, like you said, such a 100% is going to hamstring the price because, um, mm. like, auctions auctions tell you the true price, really, of, like, who's out there with money in their pocket to buy something, you know, and the market is not mature enough to handle for some of these big cards three auctions in a week you know they're now maybe they have underestimated or overestimated whatever the whatever the way around it would be the the appetite in the market for a lot of this stuff or, yeah. or and that's why because i suspect if we looked at those three guardials i'd be surprised if at least two out of the three of them weren't trader accounts that were just left unopposed on a bid you know it's not like people are like oh cool there's another guardial let me go and get them it's just like trader accounts are snapping them up and whatever because no one's out there fighting for it so maybe they've misread the market maturity in that sense but if it is to i say help people come in and play the game like it's just a, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow you know overall if you're trying to list anything the now but ultimately like one of the first things we said stish when we come on this call is like or the first thing i said to you is have you done any shopping because yeah. most people are speaking to privately are quite like oh have you seen the pricer oh by the way i could get yeah, her yeah. oh by the way somebody's got a you know and i don't hear anyone that's been playing this game for a significant amount of time saying anything other than that if you know what I mean, so as soon as like enough of the market moves that way, then a lot of this like you know turmoil that we're in gets arrested for some of the market, not all of yeah. it, of course. You know? Um, and then I think at that point, people kind of then take a wee bit of the you know the sound 
turn off the alarm bells and go, right, yeah. okay, what is actually going on here? Right, okay, well, I've tried to sell this goalkeeper. He's now selling for less, or it's Guardiola or whoever it is. And you just need to move on with it. The striker you've played, you know, the striker you bought still works, and he's basically the yeah. same price. Because some, some like the Guardiola one is a great example because it is such a sharp decrease, and the auctions are all there for it. But like, there's a few guys out there that like have maybe dropped in ten percent or something. But you're talking about a forty quid card being thirty five quid. And like, you real really like, what does that mean to anyone? Very little, you know. Um, it is more those big assets, the the, the big power ones. Because I'm even seeing like Jotas around in Ether now, yeah. and I'm only thinking about cards that I see on my own so rare data. So, like, it's mainly those ones. And again, if you have those cards, you, you'll know already kind of how how the cycle goes. You know, when they're expecting lots of new users, they want to give them lots of cards. And the Premier League was also a massive onboard and new license, which they also try and get as many of the cards out for. Some of the complaints, some of the biggest complaints and some of the biggest storms that so rare have had to deal with, particularly if we're talking about, you know, big accounts or whales or whatever, is that there is such a stranglehold on the availability of uniques and super rares on auction, you know, they only come out when they get good L's, L5s yeah. and 15s or whatever. So like there is, you know, there is always going to be this, you can't make everyone happy situation because you do need enough cards out there for like anyone coming in. But yeah, I think that's probably the best way of saying it is like they are forever walking this line when it comes to the market dynamics of you won't keep everyone happy. So it's about what battle do we need to win the now? Well, there's 50,000 new people or 20,000 new people or whatever. They need limited cards. They're going to need some rares. Maybe they want yeah. some uniques as well, you know, whatever. Get them out there in the first week or two, and then we'll take pause for the cause and go from there. I don't know. That's the most important battle today. It's not the gallery values, but then maybe the most important battle now is gallery values, and then maybe they go, right, go back to auction cycles we had six weeks ago, six months ago, or whatever the plan there's is. There's a chance as well that, like, like you said earlier, you mentioned about how, you know, they wanted to make it sort of affordable for new users to come in and play and like have, give the game modes that they can play where you don't necessarily need to spend that much money. So there, there is those game modes where you don't need a goalkeeper or, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways to get involved now with, you know, you could probably only spend, you, you could probably spend less than 15 quid now and get a four player team together that you can enter in. A million percent. That kind of thing. Right. So they've made, they've, they've fixed that issue. And maybe, I mean, this is um, this is some tinfoil hat shit, but maybe they needed the prices to come down. So they they oversupply the market, kind of maybe like underestimating the backlash they might see from existing managers who see their prices, their cards come down. But they've ultimately, with the supply and with everything else that's going on for whatever reason, crypto uh, supply, the World Cup, there, it could be any matter of things. The, the, the you know, the cost of living crisis like you can name loads of things that may have some kind of impact at the moment but for sure maybe they underestimated how much people would get annoyed when they watch their card values go down because it is always it always is hard to look at it and see like you said no one likes to see the value of their cards go down but if this does mean now you can talk to your cousin or your neighbor and be like and they ask you oh isn't it expensive to get in you absolutely can with your chest say it's actually not expensive. You can get started for like pennies now, really, and play for years. Like less than you know, you'll spend less on this than you would on accumulators for the next month. And as uh, Bumcrack in the chat said, they're the kind of people they need to get on board, right? The people who maybe put a weekend acker on or uh, have a flutter here and there on a game. It's like, well, why instead of doing that, why don't you pick up a fifty quid team 
that you can play with for the next year or two. So maybe, maybe they, maybe this was done in, on purpose to like bring prices down. If they knew, I don't know if they knew this would happen or not. But I guess that's one way to look at it. But um, another point that was made in the chat, which I'm sure we spoke about on the podcast as well, that I, I think I always saw the Premier League launch was going to be similar to what we saw with the NBA and diff and separate from the football because the the Premier League is such a big product that bringing that on board will be exactly like we saw with the NBA. The number ones and the ones of a thousand and the ones of whatever went for like 100, 200 quid. And then within the next three days, their number six and number seven was like 50 quid, 60 yep. quid. And that's what we're seeing with the Premier League. I think those first initial uh, number ones went for quite big money, as people expected. And now you can pick those same players up for less than 50% of what they were going for maybe a week ago. That is like the number ones for the collectors and the people that care about that. And I think that's been a lot more closely correlated to the NBA launch in that sense. But but yeah, I guess um, that's just one of the issues. But yeah, in terms of like the market... Is, is a horrible time to sell. I think people who are selling now maybe are selling into a bit of a panic or or have given up hope. Maybe I think like the talk of these swaps with some of the big whale accounts where they won, I think it was J.R. Duke won a Vandervoort and had it swapped for, was it Saka? Saka, yeah. I mean, that, that, there's no explanation for that. I don't really see how. And I don't get it. It's I'm not. I don't. I can understand why you might get a card swap if your player has just been like sidelined for like six months with an ACL or something like that. And if that was Vandervoort, then you you might be like some people might get a Vandervoort in that situation and think six months he's going to be still a U twenty three goalkeeper possibly at Leipzig and you just hold sit tight. A Vandervoort is an absolutely amazing reward, even if he is injured. It's like the weirdest one that you could ever swap. So yeah. no, if you know, we might things like this might have been going on regularly that we just not really noticed. But no, you would just the the because all the cards that they don't want go to the so rare so rare account. So if you type in so rare in the search engine, you'll see a so rare account with a green tick on it. Yeah, and if you I've look at that, that that's uh, I think that's all the rewards that get swapped out or or erroneous or some description or whatever. Um, so they've, got, they've got some cards I've taken back that have got dodgy pictures and stuff like that on them, mm -hmm. or they've been red X and blue X rewards, which is cool. You know? I have one swapped in the past without <laughs> noticing it. I think it was a reward that had been given to me, and then by the time I got to my rewards, it showed that like I had transferred something to SoRare, like in my sort of like transaction history or whatever it was on SoRare data, and I had a look at it and I was like, it confused me, but I noticed that oh you. They given me a card for whatever reason shouldn't have been given to me, and then they gave me another one instead. But I didn't. I didn't ask for a swap. It just it, it happened before I saw it. So I only saw it because it was in transactions. And maybe there might be people listening to this that if they looked at their so red data, they might realise that that's happened to one of theirs before. But I think it, it it's a, it's something that they have to have in place because they will miss injuries and stuff. We we have this so often, right? Where the prize pool doesn't have the right cards in it or some someone's in it that shouldn't be. So they need to be able to do this. But I think seeing it done with that, and I think um, it was when Moon was another one, he was on social media. And I think, can't remember what card it was, but he was moaning that like this should Quarantine not be. Quarantino right. That's right, yeah. 
and and he got that swapped as well and it was like i think the fact that it was the big accounts is obviously going to flag and anger the community as well because they'll be like how come they get to do it and we don't and it's it's a, it sets a really awkward and difficult precedent for so rare to handle um so it'll be interesting to see if there are any communications about it but i just think the timing of that on top of all of the kind of like the doubt that's been set in maybe by the drop in prices and a few of these big accounts it's just like we're in a storm at the moment of like negative energy i guess um and i was talking off air on the subject of rewards last week i thought my rewards were a bit poor and i and i wasn't the only person who thought that yeah. they weren't poor enough for me to say they need to be swapped but they were poor enough that i was like yeah i was expecting better than that not no i wasn't expecting like anything incredible but some of them were like pretty poor tier twos and i i normally think of a tier two as like something to get reasonably excited about don't ever expect it to be like a home run but something useful and in this case i got like nothing that was of much use to me at all and probably and i didn't think it would be of use to anyone unless it was like a player they wanted to collect or something like that right and this week i won similar amount of rewards but in lower tiers like a couple of tier threes and a tier two and I think across those three rewards that we discussed at the beginning, much better than last week. And I also saw Harry Trades finished, I think, third in U23 Rare Pro or Rare. And he got Pedri, which was about seventh in the pool. So I haven't checked, but I imagine first and second place might have been like a Haaland, might have been a Mbappe, could have been something really good. So I feel like they're listening, right? I feel like So Rare must be seeing the sentiment. The sentiment needs to shift. Therefore, rewards need to improve. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few big wins this weekend, maybe even in the midweek. I'm pretty sure Pedri for third place is a massive win. I thought we got the podium, Stashy boy. <laughs> yeah. Getting <laughs> time for them to make up to us. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's overdue. I think uh, I've been unlucky the last couple of times I definitely should have got on it and then had players dropped that just needed to start a game to hit a podium. But yeah, I'm, I'm due one. I definitely feel like it's coming. I just need the results to fall my way. But, um, you know, the glaring situation of my need for goalkeepers is still staring me in the face. And I think I'm hoping I don't want to like, I don't want to risk any more money on buying a goalkeeper who might not come in just to try and save a bit of ETH at the moment. So I'm going to wait until maybe the first couple of games in Japan and Asia have been played and then look at who starts those games. And then rather than take a punt on someone now, I'd rather just spend a bit more money in a couple of weeks and buy someone that I know I'm going to get to use. Uh, Rico Man 17 said, first and second place got Bellingham and Donnarumma. So that is a big, big, big week in U23 Rare Pro. Um, a non-Premier League podium, but still pretty healthy. That's decent to see. Yeah. No one, well, no one complained, yeah. I don't think. Did anyone complain and get a Premier League swap? <laughs> swap for Bellingham for a Foden? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I would, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much on the platform I'd swap for a Donnarumma or a Bellingham. Um, yeah, only, yeah. I think they're great, great cards. And Pedri, for that matter. I don't think... Oh, yeah. Pedri's easy, man. Pedri would be a nice win, definitely. Congrats to Harry, who was here last week. He had a big, big weekend... In terms got of that, that end product after hanging out with us. And he I seen uh, Gator, Gator Guy was on. Uh, he's hit like four podiums in a row after PSU fans gave him a bit of a, a, a you know, grabbed him around the, the collar and got him a rebuild or something. 
Um, so I, I think we've we've got some good form with the guests. We're not yeah. maybe contributing to any of it, you know. But maybe, like maybe we're the good luck charm, you know. Maybe the fact we haven't got anyone on means it's our turn. Maybe maybe this is a good omen for us. <laughs> done it. This, 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 this we've kept all the luck for ourselves this week, Harry, and everyone Harry listening in the live chat on Twitch. Ever, we might be our last ever guest if we both hit the podium this weekend. Be like... <laughs> <laughs> Super subs are off. Yeah. Sorry, Tony, you, you're off, mate. We've binned you off, mate. But uh, yeah, Tony's been getting some end products as well, hasn't he? To talk about a bit of end product, Tony's hit a couple of podiums. He's hit some tier zeros in the last few weeks as well. Yeah, Tony's oh, been uh, killing it with the what, what, what was it the the Belgium Galatasaray? Or what was it yeah. the, the, the Belgian Galatasaray, isn't he? If I remember right. Yeah, I brew brew guitar. Oh, I can't remember. He came up with some funny names for the hybrid stacks they had, and it was I was like Bruges and Benfica. And there's a Turkish one as well. I can't remember it. Yeah, he's but I've been doing really good, man. I seen a great. Uh, I read uh, a snippet of an interview from Tony today on. I can't remember the football websites on Twitter. He was talking about how he moved to St Mirren. Obviously, it's not a money-motivated thing. He always just wants to get back playing and whatever. And uh, I was really excited to see... We've not really spoke to him since he's made the move, but he's at... Uh, if anyone who doesn't know this, the manager at St Mirren is the manager he had at Motherwell when he had he got to a top goal scorer in the league by Christmas and made the Dundee United transfer. So um, he's in, I've got him in my midweek. He's on 55% on play sharper. So let's hope Tony does get some end product midweek on the pitch and then he'll be good at the weekend against Ross County, bottom of the table. So that could be... Could be a good week for Tony Boy. I want to get him on the podcast just so we can ask him about whether or not his SO5 utility was any kind of factor in where he moved. Because I know he Definitely. was like linked. He was linked <laughs> to Stalford and places like that, wasn't he? And uh, it was like, I, yeah, I just wonder if like his his SO5 utility was in his back of his head. <laughs> Being able to play in a league that was covered, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it was. You know, like I feel like Tony's brain tick so rare in the background all the time. So, uh be, be I was good. looking in that interview to see him maybe use the word utility or something, you know, or, <laughs> you know, like, I'm looking forward to my utility at St. Mirren, you know, or something. <laughs> be looking for those runs into the box. Those were the classic ones. Carrying the ball into the edge of the 18-yard box twice. Yeah, <laughs> Rolling so the ball in and out. Hope he kills it tonight. A hat-trick would be fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, good luck. On song. Good luck. For sure. So... Moving on from, we've, we've kind of like discussed the drama, we've discussed the rewards. What are you looking forward to this weekend, Quinny? Have you got any lineups uh, set up that have you particularly interested or excited? Well, I'll give you a wee bit of, I'll give you a wee bit of an alternate strategy I'm probably going to be going with this week, especially to get your opinion on it, right? I think I teased it a wee bit last week. I say teased as if anyone cares. But like, I think, <laughs> I think we kind of spoke about this earlier in the pod, right? But I think for my gallery, Playing in the pro divisions is probably not optimal this game week, mm. and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this game week just forgetting about Challenger Pro All Star All Star Pro. I know that sounds sacrilegious for me, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to play Reds and Blues together this game week, and I'm just going to try and uh, do that kind of duality, as it were, because I'm quite light on. So I've got three rare keepers and three super rare keepers. And yeah, so it's kind of like if I play one of the rare keepers in old D3, as it were, I don't think I've got the right combination of rares and super rares to make that worthwhile. But I think I've got great combos of all rare and all super. And again, some people might be experiencing this kind of thing with limiteds and rares or, you know, any scarcity dynamic that you may be running with. So I'm thinking about ditching all the, the hybrid ones and just go all red and all blue. I like that. 
I've actually been doing that myself, funnily enough, in a similar boat that I felt like I, when I split up all my blues and put them in with some of the rares, maybe like the forward would let me down or something like that. And I was better off just put, I felt like I was better off at least just putting them into D2. So especially in U23, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've done exactly that. I've used my U23 keeper in super rare. Um, and then I've put my best uh, supers into that altogether with a unique. And then I've put my next strongest team in rare. And then if there is another lineup, then that goes into pro almost as a like hit and hope rather than expecting it to bang. But um, yeah, on the weekend game weeks where I've got all as many options as possible open, that's exactly what I've been doing. Because I think that pro is really hard to win in and um like i said 464 points to get into the cards in u23 this weekend is insane so i think i'm going to be doing the same and i think if i do enter pro it might be all-star or it might be it probably won't be in the regions i don't know if i have the pieces and and also i don't think i've got the minerals to chuck in like a really strong team into like asia at the moment, just not. I want to see those starting lineups for the first couple of games before I look at that as a. Sure. As, like, I think like, it's really hard to, and I, and you know, like I subscribe to a lot of the Asia like specialists on so rare Twitter. I pay for the patrons and stuff like that, and even they, you know, get it wrong quite a lot of the time. With at least with the cards that I need help with, um, all you can do is really like follow these clubs on Instagram and watch as much of the training sessions and any of the friendlies that you can get get hold of lineups for those things are really important but yeah i think i've got one player in the frontale versus um frontale playing um yokohama um f marinos on friday morning and i was wondering do i risk eduardo in that because he's such a great scorer but last season he was just being rotated for fun and it was like how you rotate your best centre-back, not just yours, but one of the best centre-backs in the entire league is sitting on the bench for Yokohama Marinos like last season. And if a player like that is a risk, then, yeah, it just meant that like a lot of my Asian selections, barring my career, I feel like my players that play at Seoul were like, you could kind of figure out what their starting eleven was going to be. But most other teams, it was really like hit and miss with my selections and... I don't want the another thing as well as anyone who plays Asia will 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 back me on is Asia's most of the games like you'll wake up on like Saturday morning or Wednesday morning or whenever it is and they've already played or they're playing and if they've ruined like one of your all star teams or something your weekend's done it ruined it so but you don't worry so much if they're all in the same team together and two or three of them have hit a DMP in the same lineup that's like oh thank God just one team. KO'd for the weekend at least I can enjoy the rest of my teams but Asia has that that capability of ruining your game week before hardly anything's even kicked off a DMP in the morning of the Saturday can ruin your weekend and yeah it just it makes me scared I'm excited and scared for Asia opening I think with that in mind yeah I've really excited that. <clears throat> with Tani I think Tani at Gamba seen if he a lot of there's been a lot of uh, talk that he is likely to be benched for most of the season and might be waiting for an opportunity. No one knows for sure. You know, they've got new manager there, all sorts of things going on. But 
I'll definitely be keeping a keen eye on that, but I don't think I'll be putting him in any lineups. I think I'm going to be sitting out with a lot of my age cards for a week or two, maybe using them in some of the sort of 220 caps, that kind of thing. Um, I've got uh, Jun Nishikawa as well is another player who I really like, but I've been waiting for him to come good for like two seasons now. This yeah. has to be his season. He has to be. This has to be his final like breakout season that we've been waiting for. Um, but yeah, it, I'm looking forward to uh, like stacking. I'm, I'm going to stack a limited team. I'm going to choose. A, I'm going to pick a team in the J League, and I'm just going to put a little stack together and enjoy watching one of those teams. I've I've kind of got that in Korea. I watch Saul a lot. I watch Daegu a lot. Similarly, um, and I feel like. I want to do that. And, um, you know, we're waiting to see if that J-League um, licence happens. But from the way Sora are talking about it, they seem pretty confident they'll get it over the line. So just waiting, waiting to see that happen. Probably wait a few, get a few fixtures out of the way. Maybe pay a little bit more money to get those stacks because they're a bit more cemented into the teams. But I think it's worth paying a bit more now. I've got way too many goalkeepers sat on the bench or rotated out and... I need to just pay the money at the moment and just make sure I've got entries. Um, but yeah, looking forward to Asia. I think that's that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, have you got have you got a, f- a favourite? Do you play much Asia, Quinny, or not really? I used to play it. So when it first opened, or when we first got the cards, I had a squad or two, um, and I've been kind of like removing myself slowly ever since. Um, but I, I do, like, again, there's a great comment here. Like, the converse of what you're saying is sometimes you wake up on a Saturday, but and you've had a wee Arturo Osaka 100 or an 85 or something, and you've got one player that's your differential and, like, your all-star. Maybe now it'll be a cap mode or something people have been mm. playing with. And, you, you, yeah, you wake up and it's easy. You've got no sweat. The team news has been out already and yeah. all the stuff that you normally have to worry about during a game, like, don't get booked or don't get sent or whatever. Um it's all done, and you just wake up to that lovely green score, and you just slide it into your team and move on with your weekend. So, I, I do, I do like that element. I've got like, I still got Isaka. I've still held him the whole time. He's now in Korea, and uh, I think he's going to be great there. I, think I hope he's great, great man. I, I hope he is, man. Um, and I don't think I've got anyone else. I had Paul Lobe Obina, long-term DNP keeper. I recently traded him out, but to get a, a more secure super rare goalkeeper option, like we're kind of talking about in previous episodes. And I did have a Joe Chima Fujita, one of a hundred rookie, which I was very proud of and was very attached to. But again, traded that out in the last week or two with a good SRD value in the effort of getting in like John McGinn or Edward or you know one of these cards that I've brought in over the last week or something. Um, so I've not, I've just got Isaka. I think I've still got Tani, but I'm not holding my breath on him in the off season. Because when it comes to like the European off season, I'm basically just hunkering in with MLS. Like I'm gonna, yeah. like uh, I'm I'm gonna look forward to the increased coverage that we're gonna get from that league um, in the off season. And I've got like a full NYC contingent, as you as pe- many people out there will probably know already. I've got Gold and Russell on top of that. So like I don't really feel that I've got any need or urgency to add to my MLS roster. I can maybe use one more goalkeeper just for some security. But I think at the moment. You could pick up a whole new division very cheaply and very yeah. modestly and, you know, whatever. But I think the only time those strategies really pay off is when you're motivated about doing it. And it's not that you're bored or you get, oh, I might as well do it, you know, or that looks too cheap not to buy. You know, those ones yeah. kind of 
go wrong. But if you're like, I'm going to watch a J League team this year, and you want to get right into it, like, oh, that manager, oh, I've heard of him, or was he the former manager of that team, or oh, they just signed this guy, you know, whatever. Mm. Get excited about a team and plug into it. Then I think it's it's definitely a good way to go. But for me, I'll just be probably sticking with the the old MLS for the the European offs. There's a couple of questions in the chat. First one was about the J League, and it was about. Um coverage like if the j league doesn't come on for next season what happens to the cards etc so just as we know with other leagues if the j league is not covered it means it so if they don't get the license the leagues will still be covered because they're covered by opta so your cards will still score you'll still be able to use them in asia and in yep. the all the other sort of like all-star modes under 23 etc cap modes but it just means that they won't we won't have new cards from there, so they won't be in the prize pool. You won't be able to win cards from the J-League because we won't have them for this season. Um, someone else has asked, why do all the J-League cards have a blue or red cross now? That was a glitch. Um, I've seen someone from So Rare reply, and it's it was a glitch uh, at the moment. So all of the J-League cards showed up with a blue cross uh, today for whatever reason, but that was a mistake. They That will probably disappear if it hasn't already happened today. It will probably disappear. They'll probably disappear today. Um, someone also said Asia won't open unless Korea is, though. And that's actually not entirely uh, true. Well, it is true if uh, Korea doesn't come on licensed as well. They, we need one of them. They need so to open a region as they did this weekend for Asia. They usually only open a region if at least one covered club of that region is playing. And because obviously they don't have the J-League license, they came out and said this week, we don't have the J-League license, but we're confident that, you know, like that talks are where they are. So we've opened Asia um, this week with that one game. So they've opened it with just one fixture in the J-League on Friday. So I would say that like with confidence, you can expect Asia to be open for the foreseeable future. But uh, as someone in the chat mentions if Korea and the J-League both don't come on with licenses to mint cards, then they won't because they will have nothing in the prize pool. They would have to open the Australian League or the Saudi League or something like that would have to come on in the Asia region to open it up again. Um, but that doesn't mean your cards won't be useful in the cap modes and the All-Star still. They'll still be good for that. But, um, but yeah, Someone said that oh, they believe they'll get the license and we'll get a draft J League soon. That'll be interesting to see if we get a draft league. Because we should get an we, MLS one. Are they going to do an MLS one? Have they said that? I think that's it's either really strongly rumored or basically confirmed. Yeah, I mean they do these licenses with them, right? I think anywhere where they get the full league, it it wouldn't hurt, right? It's just some it's somewhere extra for people to play. A lot of free to play. Uh, there must be a lot of free play players now as well, right? There must be a lot of people who just play free free play modes. Um, Mate, I made a video what? yesterday about that semi pro division, and I think see if I started this game, like I would just be in the deep end with that stuff. Like, yeah. I think you can have tons of fun there, and you can really like flex your edge on info, like quite well. You know, obviously it's limited at the moment to the top five leagues, and from what the chat are saying, you know, MLS is coming. That is confirmed. I think from yeah, I, I kind of knew that was around, but thanks for the quadruple confirmation, a human alien, and Jonathan. <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh, but uh, if J League was to come on as well, then I think like you would have, you know, you'd have twelve month coverage across the free play stuff, and like uh, I think yeah, it'd be very easy to be a, a free to play player. And like whenever we've done this podcast before, session we're kind of doing that blue sky thinking about platform and when prem and what happens and all the rest of it. You know, it, it's 
always it's, it's always one of these things where the free game or the entry level has to be like easy pick up and play has to be fun has to be engaging and i think that semi-pro division even just that dynamic alone four commons one limited you have to have under 10 limiteds i think and again with them putting premier league tickets in there last week and who knows what they'll do going forward you know with other divisions and that um i think it's it's a great time to be a, a free-to-play player you know in that sense and it's um it's one of those ones where like yeah obviously the more free-to-play players there are like it's good for some of the graphs and some of the numbers some people don't care because those people don't enter the market as it were but like everyone starts in this game in a totally different frame of mind place in life attitude towards what they're going to get from it or whatever and the most common person you're going to find that's going to have fun with this game is someone that can start off with it passively because for the last like two years you know what it's like mate you know as soon as you find this and you get bit by the bug you're in the deep end. It's a yeah. full-time hobby, like a full-time hobby, you know? <laughs> and and like commons and limiteds now, like I think you could really be passive, go weekend to weekend, much easier. You know, yeah, I know where that, that came from, but there you go. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I think there's a couple of really good questions and comments in the chat. Again, we'll go to that. Um, Magnus084 says, why is the Swedish League covered? Don't they have Opta coverage? So the Swedish League is covered, um, it got it opened up when they launched the cards of Rosenborg. Rosenborg. Uh, we don't sorry? have Sweden. We don't have Sweden. Sweden's still a blue cross league. Oh, is it? It's sorry, Norway. who's Rosenborg? It's Rosenborg in Denmark. Am I Nor- getting mixed up? Is it maybe? Norway? Norway. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few leagues that are. Yes, that's right. So we don't have the Swedish league. You're right. So the Swedish league is not covered. I was actually speaking to uh, when we when we had uh, the, the the so rare meet up the other week we were kind of like bugging Dan about this, weren't we? It's like, when are we going to get all of these leagues covered and that? And it's like a business thing, right? If if they have to pay to sort of like use the Opta coverage from any of these leagues, and also the Opta coverage has to be of, a, I think it's like tier 13 level of coverage or something like that, which means, you know, you get all the stats. Because if they don't have that, then you might only get decisives and you might only get a few. And then like that ruins the game because... If you've only got decisive, people are going to get upset that their player's not scoring all around, blah, blah, blah. It causes problems, right? Yes. Yeah, Salabanzi says, I need to study up on the Scandinavian job. My geography is all right. For some reason, I just forgot which uh, country Rosenberg was in. But um, Easy one to do. Easy one to yeah, do. Yeah. But there's a lot of leagues that they could cover that have the level of Opta coverage, like the Qatar League, like the Australian A-League, like the Greece Premier League. There's lots of leagues that they don't currently cover, which they could but in order Sweden is one of them, to... by the way. Sweden is covered to the appropriate level, isn't it? It we is, yeah. Before in, the pod. in terms of Opta. So, like, but the only thing that put it costs them money to access that Opta information, apparently. So it's only justified if they mint a club from that league, because then they can cover it. So the the really strange one amongst all of this, when you think about it, is Shakhtar in Ukraine, where you can buy Shakhtar cards, but they're only covered in UEFA competition. And I don't know if that's because of Opta coverage. Maybe the Opta's not to the level that they need. But that's like the that's the big outlier in all of this. But um, I but think yeah, it's an opportunity situation. But because Shakhtar is a club that we've had on the platform for ages, yeah. And if you've got a Champions League club, happy to join the platform when they've only got like the Belgian league and whatever. You're not going to say not to it. You'll just say I guess it sign us up you know but i think as well like i know like we're not gonna get into the geopolitical stuff right but obviously there's a lot of you know very uh horrible things happening in ukraine at the moment but 
I think there's been protracted things in Ukraine for a while. And I think that, you know, like, I remember when joining the platform before all the recent stuff happened over there happened, thinking, oh, there's probably, because of the, the stuff that's going on over there, they maybe don't have opta people to go mm. to every league and every game in the league and cover it appropriately. It's maybe an infrastructure thing because there is like, there was a tense situation there for years, even before the recent stuff over the last year or two. But yeah, right, it is an odd one, but I think it's just their Champions League status and maybe when Soraya found them, they only had like a couple yeah. of licenses, you know, and it's like, hey, cool, on you come. I, I definitely think that maybe in the next 12 months, there'll be a lot of new leagues covered because now they've got the Prem on board, like what league wouldn't, who have that opt to coverage, let's say the Swedish league, the Greek, the Australian, the Qatar, the Saudi, all of these leagues that do have that level of opt to coverage, even, I mean, even if we wanted to get really deep into it, you know, like uh, I think the Netherlands Division 2 and the Belgian Division 2 has it. And there's a lot of like more sort of D2s that could potentially open up as well. Whether or not that's a good thing is another discussion. But there's definitely a lot of like top level. I think especially in the Asia region, be great to have a few more opened up okay. there, um, especially in terms of club coverage, you know, like cards minted. Because at the moment we are reliant on J League and um, K League for prize, prizes. There's no reason that you know, like uh, the Saudi League or the Australian League, could like enter that region and really like make those prize pools and beef them up a little bit. Because I think um, they're gonna, they might look a little bit lacking, especially if it takes a while to get this J League license over the over the line in the next few weeks or months, however long it might take. But but yeah, that'll be really interesting. But I would I would expect now like four leagues onboarded more regularly. Not that there's too many more they really need to do, but there's a few easy wins there. And for me personally, I don't know if anyone else is the same. I know there's a lot of people that think there's too much of a supply, blah, blah, blah. Probably is the case. But I think coverage of everything that we can cover is 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 important. There's a lot of red crosses on the platform as well that don't need really need to be red crosses. Like I've definitely got a few Greek uh, or players in the Greek league at the moment that I'd love to get some coverage. Um, Klein Heisler, he uh, broke our hearts. Oh, big team. He he moved uh, to the Greek league and I'd love to see his scores in amongst my SO5 selections again. Um, But I'm I'm not going to sell him for that reason that I do believe personally without i haven't had any like insider info but it just makes sense right they've got to start covering these leagues at some point if you can be patient and maybe just sit on that card for the next year surely within the next year to 18 months we'll get the greek league we'll get the swedish league you know all these cards that we've all got sat with little red crosses next to them will start to disappear and this is how people like pavel make a living on this platform because he sits on red crosses for months, months, years. And then the minute that those leagues get unlocked, he has a party because he would sell so many of them in that space of like an hour with people trying to pick up a quick bargain, a big red cross. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. But um, we've got one more highlighted message here, Quinny. How do you think the returning leagues will impact cards with current utility? What do you mean, sorry? I'm assuming that they mean by that, like we're going to have more cards that are that you can use again. So maybe like that it might impact like the competition in some of those cat modes. There's like suddenly all these there's lot lots more oh, okay. from that kind of thing. 
maybe. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be very exciting. We, I think we maybe even touched on this last week a little bit, right? But the prize pools will go up, right? Because there's more cards now to be <laughs> issued. Um, we might have a little bit of a bottleneck on some of these, depending on when they be getting new season issues for the leagues that are coming into a new season at the moment, because they'll still be on the dregs of last season's issuance, depending on where those serial numbers are, you know. But generally, more leagues come on equals more prizes for the bigger divisions. This is everyone's first time experiencing that with all the cap modes, which for all intents and purposes, Stish, are like different versions of All-Star. You know, there's no restriction on them yeah. other than the cap itself. So that means those prize pools, Tier 1, Tier 2, they could be littered with everything and anything. Asians, MLS, Austrian, Premier League, La Liga, and everything in between. So I think that helps. We were kind of speaking about this in the pod already. I think that helps maintain a high quality of Tier 2, Tier 3, because you've got much more further reach to go for. Yeah. Um, so, and those are the price pools that generally get extended. You know, you don't see stars going from 10 to 40. You know, stars will go from like 10 to like 14 or something, you know, 12, and then it's the Tier 3s and the Tier 2s that bulk out, you know. So I wouldn't be worried about it, but it means you need to be, you need to be putting yourself in more different frames of mind. Like, oh, if I had better cards than me, where would I be interested in going? Or where could I be interested in going that no one else is going to be picking their team first for there? They're picking their team third or yeah. fourth. Um, there's more of those opportunities coming out because there's just so many more. We're talking about the Asian players. Like, they make a huge differential impact on the leaderboard. If we're all waking up in the morning and we've seen Daegu have killed somebody and Kawasaki have ran a train through somebody and, yeah. you know, whatever, then, um, you know, these cards can really shake it up. In that sense, you don't need to have the Kimmich. You don't need to have the Mbappe. You don't need to have the, you know, the, the De Bruyne or whatever because some of these guys kill just as hard, you know. So it can make it a bit... Um, because then what you find is sometimes those cards retreat. You maybe see less of them in All-Star and they go into champion a bit more on the regular. You know, so there, there'll be a lot of things we'll all be discovering this time around, but from times gone by, that's the words that I want to say. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I agree with that. It, like I said, we, it could increase the quality of the pools, the, definitely the size of the pools. But um, yeah, it, we might we might unearth a few more gems. Uh, yeah, like... <laughs> There'll be certain cards out there that you can pick up for five to ten quid now that then turn out to be like the next breakout U23 player in like a random team in America next season or something. And we have that with like people like Slonina like last year. Um, yep. Pre the MLS season kicking off, you could have picked him up for about 80 quid and sold him for about 3K probably at the top end of his price point. But that 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 is something that I think happens a lot. And... I would expect that, yeah, I think what Quinny's, all the points Quinny's has said, but also in terms of like the negative side of it, it will also result in people who win star cards winning stuff that they don't think is a star because maybe, you know, we've got the Prem, we've got all of these big leagues. Winning a star from Asia or, or America might not seem that, might not seem that impressive to someone who has you know, entered those divisions to win a Haaland or an Mbappe. And we've seen that on social media quite a bit with a few users that maybe won a star card and it wasn't Mbappe because they just hope, you know, we all hope to win an Mbappe, but you can't win Mbappe every week. Even if he's in the pit pool, doesn't mean that the top place player will win that card. And um, yeah, when we've got stars from Asia and America in the pool, we definitely open ourselves up to more of that, I think. So you you take the rough with this move. There'll be a lot. I think there'll be more more cards to win. 
and better cards in those pools. But I do think we'll probably see a lot more people moaning about what they've won, especially if they're in the tier zeros as well. Um, there's one more question that's actually posed directly to you, Quinny. Um, it says, Quinny, uh, it comes from C Jolly 2299 They say, Quinny, I'm not very knowledgeable of Scottish footy. What are your thoughts on how Carter Vickers will perform over the next few weeks? I've, I've responded to him in the chat with uh, the, the latest nickname that I've heard for him, which is, I think, it's an absolute belter, and that's Cameron Carpet Slippers. Um, so <laughs> I think he's brilliant, mate. He's solid as a rock. There's, we've had rumours in the last week that Starfell is going to be eyed up by some Premier League clubs in the, the, the summer, which is perfect news for Celtic. Um, Business-wise, you know, Starfell is clearly the oldest centre-back we've got. CCV, this is the first season of us owning him. He'll definitely, in my opinion, want a good European campaign under his belt with us next year. I don't think it would take some mad offer to come in for him to leave us. I think he's relatively safe at the club for the next 12 months or so. And he, his scores are solid as they come. He's one of the best defenders in the game for me at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. But coming from your mouth, it makes a lot more sense because everyone knows that you are the Celtic man around here. <laughs> Glad everyone thinks so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that about wraps us up. I'm looking forward to the game week. We're looking forward to some regions opening in the next couple of weeks. We're going to have all sorts going on. Um, so if anyone is watching this on Twitch, please do give us a follow on here. If you use Amazon Prime, you can actually subscribe to the channel for free using your Prime. You get a Prime sub for free on Twitch and um, that supports us. So we'd appreciate that. We'd also appreciate a follow on YouTube. Twin Quinny's channel uh, will be the place you can watch this back or listen to it, whichever way you like to consume content. And of course, we are available on all good podcasting platforms. This should be live uh, probably tomorrow morning. We normally try and get it out the morning after. Quinny's, Quinny's always quick on the draw there. So uh, yeah, please do drop us some comments on YouTube. Give us a review on, on all the platforms and... Uh, yeah, thanks for lending us your ears for the last hour and a bit. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back again next week. Quinny, it's been a pleasure as always. Good luck. Pleasure, buddy. Good luck. And I'll, I'll catch up with you again next week. Cheers, everyone.